Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Paul from Full Power Fitness out in the UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Hello there. Very good, thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm super excited to have you here and to learn more about what you guys have going on over at Full Power Fitness. But before we kind of dive into that, which is going to be, you know, what everybody's here to listen to, give us a brief background. Ultimately, what was it that led to you going and opening up this fitness business? Um, I've been involved in sport all of my life without delving too far back so I'm getting on a little bit now so um, I was a very big uh, we call it football you call it soccer um, I was very heavily involved as a child growing up and uh, when I left school I became a, a football player for a few years um, then uh, I didn't make the next grade so to speak so I went into football coaching um, so I always, always, I've always had a passion for sport and leisure and then I went into working for a big commercial chain, uh, which is probably probably best not to name right now. But uh, I was <laughs> I worked my way up, uh, learned my uh, apprenticeship on the gym floor as a gym instructor, uh, leisure attendant, uh, doing all the usual things things such as um, programming, uh, inductions, classes, PT, coaching sessions, and then uh, I decided I wanted to go down the route of the management. Um, division within the leisure sector as opposed to going down the PT uh, mm -hmm. teaching route so I was then shift manager duty manager training manager and work, worked my way up through the through the ranks within the commercial uh, sector um, and became a general manager I worked in a few different complexes throughout the UK um, in Sheffield I worked in Newcastle as well and then I decided to get out of the industry um, and I'd always got a passion for property and leisure and I ended up working in the building trade for quite a few years and set a building company up. So we was doing renovation works uh, in the building sector. And then by chance, uh, I got involved with Full Power Fitness uh, with an ex-colleague of mine. Um, and then my role initially was I was going to build the business uh, from a construction point of view. And then kind of sit in the background, but as time evolved, I became more and more involved. And that was a very fast forward 20 something years. And then we opened up in 2018 um, in a small town in Heena in Derbyshire in the Midlands. And we just wanted to essentially create a community hub, in all honesty. Um, there was a lack of facilities in this area. And we thought there'd be a, a little bit of a gap in the market for a gym that wasn't a commercial gym or a, a council room facility, um, but also that wasn't very hardcore in terms of bodybuilding um, and a, a, a niche market such as that. So we kind of went into a sector where we wanted to kind of cater for everybody, really, all shapes, all sizes, all ages, all ability levels. We had a big um, youth aspect to us as well, where we was really excited about bringing some younger members through the door, which is quite often frowned upon in the leisure sector, um, where you have to be over 16, over 18, before they'll kind of entertain you in a gym environment. So yeah, that's kind of how it went, really. <laughs> yeah, what I think is really interesting about your background, where you have the experience training, but you also have some business experience, you know, like on, on the business end. And that's not something that we like to see super commonly. Most gym owners it's kind of the opposite side like they have tons of experience training like that's all they've done and then they go and they become a business mm -hmm. owner but it sounds like you know yeah. you have spent some time doing business more on the operations side um so you know give us your elevator pitch of the facility itself who you are what services that you provide kind of paint that picture for us because you know all gyms are a little bit different and I want the listener to fully grasp what it is that you do over at Full Power Fitness. Okay yeah so we've got um, a studio currently so like I say classes have always been a big part of what we're delivering so within the studio we run currently over 60 different classes a week um, across the facility 
ranging from your traditional spin classes to stretch and uh, yoga type classes, um, all the way through to, again, more functional training sessions, hip classes, glutes, core. Um, and then we've got a big boxing aspect to us where we've just built our own standalone boxing club because we're uh, heavily involved in boxing from uh, kids all the way through to amateur and professionals in the local area. We've uh, currently developed a new functional training space, which is um, roughly about 2,000, 3,000 square foot, um, where we use that space uh, currently where we've got kids in there. Uh, we've partnered up with a local cheerleading and dance group. So they operate from there at the moment. Um, we run kickboxing sessions within their self-defense. And then obviously within the main gym area itself, we've got your more traditional gym kits, such as your uh, Stairmasters, um, treadmills, etc., free weights kit, resistance kit. Um, but I think the main thing that kind of sets us apart in all honesty is, uh, I know that it's a big word that's thrown around in the fitness industry, is community. Um, but we, we genuinely would not be here today, our business, unless it was for the strong community we had, particularly during the COVID times, where we had a, probably a good maybe 40% of people continued paying their membership, which in essence kept the, the business afloat because the support we got from the government would just did not cover um, the operating cost during that time. So we, we feel that we've got a big community aspect to us. We've got walking groups, we've got mountain bike groups, which are separate to, to the gym as well. So, so we've got a lot going on in all honesty. It's quite, yeah. it's quite difficult. It's quite difficult to capture it within a 30 second <laughs> or, or two or two minutes snippet. Um, yeah, and I, no. I'm not. <laughs> I got you. I'm, I, I got you there. I think, I think I've turned into an Excel man now, anyway, instead of a salesperson. So my, probably my pitch isn't as good as uh, somebody in a car showroom. <laughs> it's okay. So, you know, what I got from that is that you really like are an all inclusive kind of facility. You guys have a little bit of everything. And that's awesome because there is no linear health and fitness journey. Some people like to come in, get a workout in on their own and go home. Some people do like that group fitness. That's what motivates them every single day. And the fact that you kind of have a little bit of everything under one roof is so exciting for your clients and for the business as well. Um, in this business model, you know, personal training is something that is smart for the business and smart for our clients too. Do you guys have a personal training element? Do trainers use the space? Is that something that you offer? Yeah. Yeah, we do. We have um, personal trainers that, that, that use the space. Um, and it's, it's been quite a bit of a big topic um, of late, in, particularly in the local area for, for us, where there's quite a few gyms um, advertising for new personal trainers to rent the space and things like that. And we have a slightly different business model regards to personal trainers. And it's sometimes, um, I speak to other gym owners and it's frowned upon the model that we use, but the way that we use our model we don't charge the per, per, we've got about six personal trainers at the minute who bring clients into the facility but we don't charge uh, the personal trainers to rent the space from us on a monthly basis or whatever i know that a lot of facilities will ask uh, trainers to make up hours on the gym floor for example or working reception or other different areas in in return for bringing clients in but how we work it is if a uh, member of, the, uh, of our gym wants personal training the personal trainer can uh, train them for free within the facility if they're a non-member of the facility they just have to pay the daily session we charge for them to come in um, and the reason we do that is we're only a small small facility in 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 terms of the, the gym world and uh, our personal trainers we feel are a big um, part of our sales team um, you know they're always obviously on social media they're publicizing us they're talking about us so so we kind of um, we want to treat our personal trainers as part of our uh, staffing team which sometimes in facilities it's it's kind of an us and them situation sometimes you know and uh, we we just want them to be feel a part of us and that's why we do it and we think that we get a lot more in terms of them helping us to sign up new members than we do in what they bring back in, in a rental term. And we, if that makes sense. So it's not a model for everybody, but it works for us. Yeah. So realistically, like you're not bringing in anything specifically from personal training other than just a membership. Is that right? Yeah. 
that's right yeah right. so essentially um the, the the pts don't provide us with a monthly rent but um what they do do is it's quite invaluable in terms of selling the business online um promoting us and uh, just assisting in day-to-day activities really from a recruitment point of view so we don't put we don't put pressure on them to have to do to do so and it just kind of organically works so with the people that we've got we've got involved they feel a passion for what we're doing and i think that by those not charging them it, it we're rewarded more than that through the extra work they go above and behind helping us out when we need it when we need it is this the model that you think you'll do forever or are you you know feeling like this will ever have to change at all um i I would like to do it forever in in all honesty obviously um times in the uk as i'm sure they are worldwide globally at the moment um where there's a lot of uncertainty around in the uk at the minute with regards to increasing gas and energy prices um obviously we've just lost another prime minister um after 40 something days or whatever it was um mortgage um, costs are rising in the UK and it looks like we are possibly heading to a, towards a bit of a recession, uh, financial recession. So we don't want to have to um, put a charge on to the PTs. We, we're going to be looking to push uh, during these possibly bumpy times ahead in terms of giving value-added stuff to our customers. So um, it puts us in a position whereby they don't want to leave us because of all the, all the great things going off. So we don't want to reduce service levels such as the PTs because of because of that. Absolutely. Okay, so you know, within you know, you have your personal training, you have your group fitness, your open memberships. How does the membership work? Are there different tiers to your memberships or is it just one standard membership that includes everything? Um, no, uh, we have various tiers. So we offer a membership where you can just sign up to the gym uh, for gym usage only. You can just be a class uh, member you can sign up for gym or classes um or I just explain we've currently uh renovated the brand new boxing club side to us so you beca- you can become a separate member to the boxing club or you can have um a membership which includes everything um historically we've always offered um day sessions where you can just pay for a, a daily session a weekly session and a monthly session kind of on a non-contract uh, basis over the reception um, or we previously would offer or we do, or we do so currently rather um, a six month contract or a 12 month contract and that's kind of always worked for us in the past because we know where we are from a forecasting point of view because you've got the person signed up for X amount of months um, but what we are but what we are finding and which we only just introduced uh, over the last week or two actually is that um and I think it's really a link to the financial situation in the UK at the minute is where we're finding that people are a lot more reluctant to join on a longer term contract because there's so much uncertainty in the air regards to the um, current prices of gas, like I say, and energy and household bills. So unfortunately, um, there has been a shift change in that. So we've now offered online only this week a three-month contract um, and a rolling monthly direct debit contract contract as well um, to hopefully give people the opportunity that they don't, if they that will still uh, keep gaining the sign-ups but without the longer-term commitment or from the member's point of view the longer-term worry of a contract that they might not be able to afford in six or 12 months time yeah yeah no it's good to kind of give our members you know that option um right now how many members do you guys have in the facility uh we've got at the minute probably around 800 or so um but just just to give you an idea from pre-covid days so we were over a thousand members pre-covid so it's taken uh was only open for two years before covid um and it's taken us a good couple of years after covid to to really try and work hard to get that membership back up again um and unfortunately with what's happening at the moment with uh, around like i say the place it's probably stored a little bit more than it, it should have done yeah so realistically like you have 800 members now are you looking to grow back up to that a thousand and beyond is that something that is in the forefront right now for you guys yeah, yeah, it, it certainly is, and and this is the main reason why we've 
um, move towards the extension side of things where we've kind of we've doubled the uh, current floor space of the gym by moving into the unit next door uh, like we spoke about previously um, and we're, we're looking at certainly growing the boxing club membership um, where we've all tied together as one one entity um, due to the change around of the gym floor space and the, the work we're doing in there we, we feel that we'll be able to give our regular gym goers a better product because they've got more they're going to have more space to navigate around we can get we can get a better range of equipment in so we, we feel that we can move into whole new realms now particularly with the new changing room spaces and uh, and also with the sports massage we spoke about previously and uh, we're, we're looking at moving into a lot more um, of an educational front as well so we've only mm. just put on our Instagram stories uh, yesterday actually with regards to seeing if people would be interested in uh, coming to attend a 20 minute educational session in an evening um, alongside their classes because we just feel that classes are, have been the same kind of similar things for, for many years now we're across the world like we said from an hour's hit class a spin class or, right. or whatever and we just and what we'd like to do in our new space upstairs is um offer 20 minute seminars on new, maybe nutrition uh sport specific um information sports injuries programming um and, and just just um make people a lot more aware of what what they're actually doing in the gym so so we're kind of going to try and move down that route as well so people can come to the gym and learn not just to not come in and just get sweaty for an hour yeah that value add it sounds like you guys have really spent a lot of time adding value to the membership you you know there's many different levels of service within the membership that people can take advantage of um, and people like that. They like having options. Um, and, you know, you added in the changing areas. Like, that's something that people want. And so now they have it. And you're just continuing to make changes that are going to help your membership base. Um, if our members are happy, they're going to talk. And then they're going to tell their friends. Their friends are going to come in. We're naturally going to grow. Um, so improvements are great. We should always be making them beyond the improvements that you're making within the facility, the value that you're adding for your clients, um, what, what are you guys doing to aid that growth process? Where are you looking to find new clients? Um, well, currently we, we've got, uh, there's a huge um, business park literally within a mile's drive of our facility um, where there's, there's probably a couple of thousand employees work on the business park actually. And they'll travel from, all over the, the Midlands in the UK to, to, to this particular business park. And we feel that by adding uh, the new changing and shower facilities, um, these guys um, who previously would have uh, trained in a local gym to them, then have a shower and then go to work, it gives them the option to come and, tra come and travel closer to work, right. um, have a tra train with us and uh, grab a shower before going to work. Um, or we can start to look into the lunchtime market uh, on people's lunch breaks where they can come out of work for an hour half an hour whatever it may be and um, still be able to grab a quick shower before going back to work so we just feel that there's quite a missing market in that respect um, we're certainly looking to grow from a um, junior aspect as well now we've got the new uh, training space because from a child protection point of view we can now obviously give children a safe space to uh, learning which is separate from the adults and we can really start pushing uh, after school clubs and um, looking at the children's sport as much as uh, the adult mm -hmm. sport yep definitely so what does the the marketing advertising set of things look like for you guys uh, um, historically we've uh, gone down the route particularly when we first opened of walking around the local town giving out flyers and free day passes and standing in front of supermarkets and things like that. But uh, obviously over time, it organically, um, as the membership base grows, the word of mouth is always always the key tool, as, as, as most people are aware of. Um, and then we've got quite a big social media presence. I would say that a good 80% of people come through social media um, slash word of, word of mouth. But uh, we've only been talking this week, actually, um, 
about maybe getting back on the ground again and doing some kind of old old fashioned uh, marketing and and going around uh, dishing out flyers, day passes around the local area because there's been a lot of housing development um, within the last year or two in the local area where a good few hundred, if not a few thousand, new homes have popped up. So. Um, yeah. So we're thinking of we're thinking of getting back on the ground again and uh, pushing flyers through doors and uh, going okay. back to a little bit of old school marketing, really. Yeah. So you mentioned there something that I think is like really important: social media. Like we're in twenty twenty two, and everything is digital. So if our gym can have a presence on social media and we can use that to grow, it's great for for us for the business. Is your presence on social media, is it organic? Do you guys do paid traffic? Like what have you done that has worked? Um, well, we've, we've done a few little bits of, of paid traffic, but, but not much. Um, we're just moving a little, little bit more towards um, scheduled posts again um, with your, your kind of uh, core aspects of what you do and trying to get the message across for signups and things like that. But generally to be honest with you we um, we have a staff whatsapp group um where there's about 20 staff within the group and then if a class is going on or something's happening in the gym at that particular time the guys will post um videos pictures etc within the group and then as a team we can pull them off as and when and we can share them on instagram stories facebook stories posts reels etc um and in all honesty we kind of um do things um as it happens in real time we do quite a lot of facebook lives um we we will post um things instantly regarding the mood in the gym if something funny happens or do you know what i mean so we kind of we kind of react um on the on the spot a lot in terms of social media yeah. but we are moving towards uh, the scheduled posts alongside that because sometimes when you react on the spot you don't capture everything what you want to say and capture and I think that's one of the things that we need to improve on in all honesty we need to kind of get a full um full look of everything we do as opposed to focusing on some some of the usual things what we have found quite interesting actually is people like it when we do things wrong or uh, or some of, oh, the, yeah. some, some of the, the behind the scenes uh, <laughs> um, aspects to it where they love um one of the girls um, who works behind our reception, she's she's absolutely brilliant, and she uh, sometimes puts her own TikTok account on, and we'll just literally uh, have the video playing of the behind the scenes working behind the reception desk and all the different things that happen and and things like that, and that kind of gets a lot of funny <laughs> funny comments. Yeah, 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 yeah. The more real that we can be, like the more that people can relate to us. Um, and so, like when it comes to organic social media it's cool because we can relate like our followers they're going to relate to what we're posting um and again that organic social media it generates word of mouth which in this industry in any industry that's like our favorite method of growth because it's free and i don't know about you but i certainly love free um because like it means i don't have to spend any money so if i can get some free leads through social media great um, for me personally, I've seen great success with the paid traffic for my, for my gym. Why is it something that you guys have only done a little bit? Um, I think I, if I'm honest, uh, going back to what you were saying right at the start, uh, with regards to somebody might be great as a personal trainer or as a, um, coach or whatever it may be. But then when you're moving into the business world, everything's totally different and, I think sometimes we're expected to know everything as um, <laughs> gym or business owners or whatever, and, and by, by no means do, do we know it all, that's for sure. Um, and I think that it's, it's one of those where when you're running a small business like, like we are, we, we, it's always going to be a lifestyle business as opposed to making us fortunes of money. We're, we're in this industry because we love what we do and we love – um, seeing people succeed and the passion and changing people's lives ultimately from a physical and mental health point of view. Um, and I just think that whenever we've had to look at investing and, and, and things of money's been, been okay at, at times in terms of the organic growth of membership. So we've always said, well, instead of 
spending X amount of money on paid ads or whatever, it was saying, well, no, let's go and buy this um, pad for the <laughs> for the glute hip thrust drive or, or whatever. There's always kind of been other things right. w- within it, you know, And it, but it's, it's something that I, I do think we need to look down that route moving forwards, definitely, from a, from yeah. a paid traffic point of view. But, you know, it's... You know, you mentioned something there that like we're in this because we like to help people. Um, most of us, we're, we're the type of people like we don't need to make a million dollars to be happy. But mm-hmm. if we're helping a million people, we're going to be really happy. Um, and so how I look at it is like using paid traffic allows us to help more people. We can only reach so many people through word of mouth and organically. But if we use paid traffic, we're going to reach people who never even knew that we existed. And usually the people who don't even know that we're there are the people who need us the most. Um, and if, yeah, we can change, if we can change their life, that feels really freaking awesome, right? Yeah. Um, so we're kind of running out of time and I have a few more questions. So I want to make sure we can segue <laughs> into those. Um, what, what would you feel like is your biggest business related challenge? I think there's just as much value in us talking about the good as there is the things that have been bottlenecks bumps in the road for us. Sorry. What was that? What was our biggest, our biggest challenge? Yeah. Yeah. What would you say is the biggest challenge for you guys? Um, I think our biggest challenge, um, is financial, um, in, in many respects, we're always trying to balance the books, uh, continuously in particular, like I say, since COVID, um, we're always trying to grow um, and it's definitely financial we're always trying we always trying to balance the books month on month um, and just just to keep the doors open and keep the business afloat is always a challenge yeah I mean nobody expected the world to be like this right uh, you know three years ago we didn't know that this was going to happen um, but here we are and everybody is kind of dealing with different things when it comes to what can we do to stay open right um and so to kind of segue into the next question that i think kind of supplements that it's like goal wise what are the big goals right if i could give you a magic wand all your dreams all your goals for your facility came true what would that picture look like for you um i i think for for me it wouldn't be doing 23 hour days (laughs) um working constantly um, I'd get a bit more of a home life, a bit more family life personally. Uh, from the business point of view, um, I would like to see a lot more uh, kids through our doors. Um, our local area has got a lot of antisocial behaviour. Um, so if our facility could help getting some of the kids off the street and giving them a purpose and making our area a better and safer place, and that would certainly be a, something we would like Um I touched on mental health previously. Um, there's a lot of people who need support from a physical and a mental point of view. So if we could, right. um, if we if we had a magic wand, we would let everybody use our facility for free, um, and there'd be no charge, and it would just help everybody within our community use it as much as they want, effectively. Yeah, for sure. Um, what do you feel like you have to really focus on to make this kind of a reality here sooner rather than later? Uh, currently, we're f- we're focusing on, um, I guess, looking to finish the extension that we've done at the minute. Um, we're always looking at growth in terms of other value-added products. Um, we are looking at partnering up with a lot of youth organisations, schools, uh, community groups. Where, like we touched on, we're trying to push the educational side of things. So, I think we're trying to tap into a lot of different sectors of the industry. Um, to bring different cash flows and different revenues in from all different income streams, as opposed to putting all of our eggs in one basket. We're, we're trying to tap into a lot of different um, sectors, um, but without losing our core values, I think. Right, that's so smart. Um, in this industry, like it's super common for gym owners to just have kind of like one source of revenue coming into the business, just the membership, that's all they do. But that's not smart, like longevity wise, if we're thinking like in the long run, the more streams of revenue and income we can have coming into the business, the, the more that we can provide for our clients um, ultimately. And we want to help people get healthy. We want to help them like be happy physically, mentally, et cetera. So 
the more revenue that we have coming in, the more money we can put back into that community. That's super important. So I, I really thank you for being here with us today, Paul, for sharing your insight. What is the Instagram or the Facebook? Where can our listeners go if they want to follow along um, for, for your journey? Uh, you can search for us on Facebook. Obviously, it's Full Power Fitness. Um, and the same on Instagram. Um, so you can check us out and uh, give us a like or a follow. That would be much appreciated. Awesome. I'm excited to check it out. I like really want to, I mean, I've, I've seen some pictures so far, but I really want to dive a little bit deeper and get a good feel for what you guys do, like visually. I'm a very visual person. So um, thank you, Paul, for being here today. Listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Nick with CoolNick.fit out of California. Nick, what is going on, man? Happy Wednesday. How are you feeling today? Hey, JJ. Thank you so much for having me on the show. It's wonderful to be here. And uh, it's a good old weekday right uh, in the middle of the week. And I'm looking forward to speaking to all of you guys and sharing my experience. Yeah, we're excited to have you on. And I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with coolnick.fit. And let's start with the basics here, Nick. You know, how many clients are you serving currently? Uh, I've got about five to seven clients. I'm a very exclusive uh, one-on-one kind of a trainer. And uh, in that respect, I run out of my garage. I have my home gym and I do personal training from here. I also do online classes, but uh, this is specifically what I do. Yeah. Yeah. And so for you, Nick, I mean, I know you're super exclusive. So how do you find your clients? What works well for you? It's word of mouth, friends and family. And the only other thing which I've done is Google, where I've established myself on Google or a Google map or page. And uh, I just call myself out as a personal trainer in the area. Uh, People search me out to seek me out. And uh, I have my website, which links from the Google. And uh, they I get on touch, get in touch with me on the phone or on email, and I answer their questions. Uh, keep it personal, and if they're interested and like it, they test a class. And if they test and uh, they like it, from there on, they get into a, a personal training regime. Awesome, awesome. And so, you know, Nick, I'm curious. I mean, I know you're, you're again, you're exclusive, so you're <clears> doing five to seven people here. I mean, what's the most you'll ever take on? I mean, I mean, if like, let's say 10 people came in the door, they all want to train with you. Like, how would you know who to take and how many to take? At a time in the gym, I would not take more than two people because that's what I'm, I, I can give attention to more, not more than two people at a time. Uh, and if it is 10 people who want to work out, then I'll have to space them out, schedule them out, depending on their needs. Uh, I try and see that each of my clients have at least three hours of training a week, not more. And then uh, work with them with individual uh, uh, plan across the week and uh, break it down to a six-week plan on an ongoing basis with which they can work and they can see progress. Gotcha. Gotcha. And so I don't want to assume, but I know, at least from my experience, right, when you have when you have that tight-knit core group, right, five, seven people here, it, how, how, I mean, it might be a little easier to track right not having that much, but I could be wrong. I want to assume, like I said, so, but how are you able to track, you know, how long they've been with you, you know, where they're on their program, you know, if they're looking to cancel, resign, how do you track those metrics? So it's a very simple way, which I use that. It's just, it's like an Excel tracker for me, uh, where I know when they've started out, when they have started out and where they have been when they started out. So it's uh, uh, based on the NASM principles, I use uh, measurements. 
and I don't have to go through the entire set of measurements. It'll be simple three or four different measurements. One would be gotcha. uh, a body measurement. It'll be three or four different things. Then it'd be a fitness measurement, which would be like, how long can you do a plank? How many squats can you do? That kind of a thing. Uh, the shark tester. So do two or three of those and keep them on a record. And then work with them on a six-week plank saying that first six weeks, this is your goal. Next six weeks, this is your goal. And uh, I personally do not give them the leeway to say, Weight reduction is a goal. Sport reduction is a goal. I don't allow that. I ask them to focus on wow. their strength and fitness and get those as goals. So, for example, I want to improve my plank from 45 seconds to one minute. I want to improve the number of squats that I do from uh, 25 in a minute to 50 in a minute, for example. Those are the kind of goals, goals which I work with because everything else will happen. But the most important is to drive yourself with fitness and fitness improvements. And I track those individually and independently for each class. I love that. I love that. That's I love how in depth you were there too. So I appreciate that there, Nick. Um, and I, I'm curious, right? I mean, I, I've been in your shoes. I know what it's like. And I always feel like everybody has this ambitious and big goal. But I'm curious, do you have a big goal? What's your bigger picture in the next five or 10 years? Very, very uh Straight up question and difficult to answer. But for me, it is how many lives can I touch and how many people can I impact? Uh, I have been on a fitness regime and journey for a while, uh, more than 20 plus years. And I have also done a little bit of bodybuilding. That that was a goal, which is a personal goal. But for me to go out and beyond and be able to touch and expand and get people to think that uh, fitness is actually possible, fitness is possible as a lifestyle and be able to uh, impact those lives is what I really look at i don't really look at next five years i'll be having 500 clients uh, uh 50 000 square feet gym that's not my goal my goal is to see how many people i can impact and how many people i can influence to make fitness as a part of their lifestyle wow yeah yeah it's kind of ironic but i'm not gonna not gonna sound cliche here but my goal was literally the same thing i kid you not i was a bodybuilder as well and had the same goal yeah. i didn't want to have this huge gym i did not there's no need for it but it's yeah. intimate interpersonal relationship that you can kind of build for that type of community. I, I, I agree a hundred percent. Nick, I have one more question for you here. Yes, sure. Favorite question. If you could go back in time here, when you first started the journey, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? Uh, I think when I started out, it was not, driven with, uh, with a mindset of going out and achieving something. It happened by chance. So if I were to change that, I would have uh, put that down that, hey, 20 years back, if I would start gymming or working out and then looked at it and actually being uh, something which I could do professionally, something which I could do on the side, something which I could do as an additional uh, way of doing things, then I would definitely like to change the approach, the mindset, the thought process, which I started out with that, hey, this is not just a hobby, a fun thing. It is actually something which you can uh, do for a living for uh, uh, much more than just going and working out in the gym for five hours a week. You can actually make a lifestyle out of it. You can actually influence people, which I realize now when it would be nicer to have realized that much earlier. Wow. There you go. There you go. Look, <laughs> that was a mic drop of an answer. Like, it's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please, if you have any social media, a Facebook website, let the viewers know where can they sure. find out more about you and the gym? Absolutely. My gym or my website is coolnick.fit. That is C-O-O-L-N-I-K dot fit. And um, most people can get in touch with me there or all people can get in touch with me there. I respond pretty quickly. Uh, my gym is based out of Milpitas. I also do online sessions. In fact, uh, COVID was the time where I actually ran uh, morning class for about two years, 6.45 to 7.45 every weekday, Monday to Friday. And we had about 15 participants in that kind of a hit routine. I have my own uh, specialized routine, which I conduct and carry. And anybody is willing is more than welcome to join in and uh, participate. And of course, I'll respond through my website, coolnick.fit. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. If you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds here, Nick, Absolutely. I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd appreciate it. Thank, Thank you. you. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here, okay? 
Sure. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come and join us to talk about your fitness business, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more, or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, another fellow Joe. We have Joe Smith of Maidstone Amateur Boxing Club coming to us from Maidstone in the UK. Joe, what's going on, man? How are you today? Yeah, hi, Joe. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, yeah, it's a pleasure to be part of the show. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. I always enjoy when we have business owners from from other countries most of our guests are here in the united states but i think it's valuable to see how things are done and in, in best practice in other parts of the world to see what lessons we can learn over here for some context on this show maidstone amateur boxing club is obviously the reason for our conversation today and so for the people listening who aren't familiar with the gym or the business Give us a little bit of uh, an elevator pitch here. When you describe what this is to other people, what do you tell them about Maidstone? Yeah, so so Maidstone is is quite a big town. Um, it's got its richer areas and poorer areas, probably like most 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 counties and states. Um, we have a, a little boxing club in the Parkwood area of Maidstone. It's around fifteen hundred square foot over over a couple of couple of rooms um we've got a sort of main hall area which is with all our bags we've got some frames up etc um and then we've got another room which has our ring in place um and we and we cater for uh, all ages you know so we do a we do a, a junior class on a saturday morning for for the youngsters sort of from four onwards, which is just like an intro into boxing to get used mm -hmm. to the environment, etc. Um, and then we do from ages up eight to, 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 to adult, we, uh, we cater for all different classes, you know, different levels of ability, etc. cetera. Sure. So, yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, it's a good way to progress. It's uh, I think boxing clubs in general are needed in most areas, you know, because there isn't a lot, yeah, um, for the for the kids to do, you know, so they, they, they get themselves involved in something that's uh, that's healthy, they get some focused, um, great for the mind, etc. Um, so yeah, we're, we're there doing our thing for uh, for the community and uh, the sport of boxing. Yeah, and and for some further context here, this is not a full time business for you. This is kind of second fiddle to a full-time career during the day for you, which changes our conversation a little bit. A lot of the conversations that we have here are, how do we make more money? Because we have bills to pay, right? Gym owners yeah, absolutely. need that income coming in. And, and that's not the exception for you. I'm sure that you're not against making more money. Big picture this, and I, and I want to kind of reverse or work backwards here, Joe. A couple years from now, what's your goal for Maidstone? Where do you see this business trending in the long run? And then you and I can kind of work backwards and reverse engineer what that looks like today. Yeah, so so, so we'd like to have a, a nice big unit, um, ideally. I mean, I think that's, that's most boxing clubs' goal. Um, with plenty of space, you can host your own uh, club shows, et cetera, at, at the premises. Um, and 
plenty of members that are are doing doing well, you know, in in their bouts and boxing well, doing well in the England boxing competition. So that's obviously our governing body, England boxing. Um, so we want to produce as many boxers as we can, you know. Um, and it's just, I mean, it's a real good feel good factor when you when you're working hard and training these boxers and, and then they go out and perform. Um, yeah. yeah, for us, we, it's, 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 it would be nice to have a stable home, uh, a, n- a nice fair size unit, um, and then just be a successful boxing club. Yeah. And, and success in your mind, as you described it, at least was more from the competition side, but a lot of businesses that I speak with at least balance that from an income perspective as a business with people looking for boxing as, as just a way to be in better shape. Is that a focus for you guys moving forward to grow that as well? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, the more space you have, the more members you can have um, and the more classes you can put on. So it's, uh, yeah, I mean, th- there is a lot of people in the area that, w- that do want to keep fit, um, which is a good thing. I mean, boxing is a great way of keeping fit. I don't know if you've done any boxing training yourself, but it's, it's one of the... It, you know, the, the athletes are one of the fittest fittest around. Um, so it's a great way of just coming in and, and, and doing your training. Um, you don't even have to get involved in the physical side, you know, the sparring, et cetera, if you're not going to move that way. But yeah, no, absolutely. We, we want to really sort of uh, push the members in the area and it gives everybody something to do. Yeah. Now, like I said, let's let's reverse engineer how to do that. So many of our audience members tune in to see how do we get more people? How do we offer more services? How do we improve our facility or get into a bigger facility? Start at the beginning here, Joe. From a marketing standpoint, what has been working for you in the past to bring new people in and what's on your mind to make sure that continues here into the future? Yeah, definitely the advertising. I mean, we've definitely got an online presence. Uh, We're on Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, um, you know, we we do a lot of posting and uh, promoting of the club, so that certainly helps. Um, yeah, I mean, and obviously it's word of mouth as well. So if if somebody brings a, a young boxer in, they do well. Oh, they sort of tell their friends and they come along. Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly the social media side is is what we really push. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it and we don't, you know, we don't oversell it. We just sort of take pictures of, you know, once once the boxes are boxed and what we've got coming up um, and that sort of stuff. So you mentioned social media being a big portion of this and and use the term advertising, but I want to clarify for our audience: is that the organic side of social media and simply posting content? Have you put a budget into this to to further that reach or some combination of both yeah so i mean yeah there's definitely been no budget put in yeah it's more sort of coverage of what we're doing so that could be something we could look at in the future you know if we, if we we could put a budget to something and then see if we can go out to a certain area a certain mile radius uh, i've seen how it works on on facebook etc and uh uh, places like that so yeah I mean that that would be an option um, but obviously we at the moment we're sort of 1500 square foot in our, our classes and we're kind of maxed out really with our classes etc so we would need the bigger unit moving forward to to, to really promote that so sure. otherwise okay. you you can't cater for everybody sort of yeah, people will come in and we're full and then you've got to turn them away and then they'll just go somewhere else so <laughs> it's a it's a classic gym owner challenge and it's kind of chicken or the egg right do we yeah get a bigger facility so that we can then later get new customers and make the money or do we sign customers up so we have the money to get a bigger facility and there's probably not a one size fits all answer so it'll be interesting to see how you guys tackle that moving forward but take us to the next step in the process here joe when someone reaches out to you whether it's through social media or word of mouth or or whatever the source what is that sales process typically like who are they speaking with what is that conversation about and, and what are they actually signing up for as far as a membership or a package? Yeah. So, so normally you'd, you'd get your inquiries via Facebook or Instagram or email um, if they've gone to the website and they will just inquire about your class times. Do you cater for girls and boys and, and, and different ages? And then you would kind of have a little chat with them and then invite them along, get them to have a look at the club. Um, usually they'll have a session. Um, then people decide if it's for them or not. <laughs> and if it is for them, obviously then they get that they, they'll be put into a class that's, that matches their ability. 
um, and in the long term, then obviously if, if they progress, then they'll go into our what we call a boxers class. Um, and then they're registered with England Boxing um, as a boxer. And yeah, we're, we're ready to rock and roll then. Yeah. Is it you that handles the majority of those conversations, Joe? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, we get quite a few a day. <laughs> I want to take your brain on this because sales in fitness is, is somewhat contentious of a topic. How do you feel or how comfortable do you feel in that environment? A lot of the time gym owners get wishy-washy and either are too pushy or not pushy enough. What's your experience with sales yeah. in general? Yeah, I, I suppose I'm in the middle really. I, you know, For a good boxing club and a good coach, which is I'd hope to think we are, you, you don't chase sales. You know, the boxers come and find you. Um, so... But yeah, I mean, we, we have the conversations and we always sort of leave it to leave it to the customer then to decide, you know, do we want to go there or do we, do we not? Um, yeah, we just sort of explain everything how it is um, because you've got to be honest, you know, it's uh, it's not for everybody. It's uh, I mean, unfortunately, the way our gym is set out, as you walk through the front door, you've literally got the ring on the right hand side. So a lot of people walk in and go, oh. <laughs> but it can be, it's, it can be sure. it can be quite intimidating yeah um but uh once you get past that and realize it's a great laugh and everyone's you know happy all the time and you know it's it's a great stress relief it's nobody once they've done that first couple of sessions then they stay you know it's a it, it's that sort of environment it's a nice safe environment um that sort of takes you away from reality really sure and, and so we feel comfortable in sales and i think that's a luxury of not needing to sign people up, but welcoming people to sign up. I think that's a completely different perspective. If we have rent coming due and we don't have enough money, it's a much more pressured sales environment. But for you, it's more, this is what we offer. Here's how it can help you. What yeah. makes the most sense for you as a customer? Okay. And beyond that, Joe, with the size of the studio being somewhat the limiter here, retention becomes a really big play here. What in your mind influences people staying for the long haul as a member? Uh, I think that's, that, that'll be part of the coaching team as well. I mean, it'll be down to the coaches to, to encourage them and, uh, you know, bring them along. It's a steady progress. You know, you can't run before you can walk in boxing. Um, we always start at the, at the bottom and work through. Um, but yeah, and it's just it's just a, such a good environment. You know, it's. Uh, I think this. You know, we're different to, to say. You know, gyms like a leisure centre or as such because you'd go in there, do your own thing, and, and then off you go. Um, we're very one to one with our boxers, and you know, you go through all the steps, um, go for the training. In different sections of training and you're constantly working and there's enough coaches and enough uh to to make sure everybody is seen to it as such um so that's where we're slightly different so you, you've got more of a you know it's uh you've got more of a role model in place if you like mm -hmm. okay and now maybe this fits your model maybe it doesn't but from a, a financial perspective a lot of studios like this will have their main membership and then a more specialized individualized option in the form of like personal training or small group training. Is that something that you guys currently employ or have thought about moving forward? Yeah. So, so we do offer, offer, uh, boxing lessons um we, we kind of i kind of call them boxing lessons because we do get inquiries about sort of one-to-one -one training but then you need to ask you know what what do you want out of this do you want to learn how to box or do you want to come in and, and just get fit you know um so yeah we do offer that so that's something we do offer but i mean time is limited unfortunately um so weekends are normally tend to book those kind of classes in but um at the moment with the season season in full motion where we're out fridays we're out saturdays it's so you know at different shows and stuff so that yeah it's very time time consuming so yeah i mean we, we, we would like to push that um right. then you need more coaches you know a bigger area etc and then you could probably push that a little bit more yeah i i think our whole conversation has has always come back to we need more space we need more space yeah. and that was what the original goal you mentioned was is there a timeline in your mind as far as when we can take action on that and, and make that move 
Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a little bit of a catch-22, um, especially with boxing, because, you know, boxing has always been, um, you know, in certain areas that, there you know, there isn't a huge income. I mean, a lot of parents, you, they've got, they may have two or three boxes at your club and they don't earn particularly good money or, you know, and it starts to get expensive. So we have to sort of work the two together and, you know, keep it at a price that's reasonable um, and then also keep it at a price that we can continue what we're doing so it's uh yeah it's 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 a tough one for the boxing clubs because you have to keep the price down but then you know f to have a nice unit obviously it, it costs you a lot more money so um it's a tough one so you know uh, there's the, the certain what is areas the solution i guess in your mind yeah i mean in the yeah. short term are we just kind of continuing on and, and seeing what happens or do we have a, a more specific plan to go about this yeah, I mean, I, th I think really if, if we can, we'll take that leap. I mean, but the problem we've got at the moment is is we're in a, a certain price range. <laughs> the next stage up is quite a bit more in a price rate. So it's it's almost like, well, let's just see what comes up. Let's see what's in the area. Because you need to be in the area as well. That's the other thing. We, we can't just up and route somewhere else because you would lose your members, you know, because they're walking up the road to the gym, you know, they're around the corner, they might ride their bike up or their mum might drop them off, but they're sort of local. So you you have to kind of think about, yeah, so we'd keep our eye out. Well, we are keeping our eye out for, for, for something else, but uh, it has to, you know, work financially. Understood. Well. It's, a, it's a challenge that you are certainly not alone in that boat. I think other gym owners, even here in the States, whether it's boxing or any kind of niche, we need money to be able to make some sort of move. It's not necessarily possible or, or comfortable to increase prices because we might ostracize some of our market. We don't necessarily have the room to add more bodies. And so it's a, yeah, it's a tough, tough challenge and a catch 22 as you describe it. Joe, I, I wanna wrap this up with kind of the, the magic genie lamp question. If we could solve one or all of those things, what's the ideal situation long-term for Maidstone ABC? What's the, the best perfect situation for you guys? Um, to, to find an ideal unit, um, to, to maybe get a little bit of investment from, from a sponsor or, or from a local authority or, yeah, I mean, that would be the ideal scenario. Um, and then you're, you're then covered, you know, you're, or a subsidized rent somewhere along the line, possibly. Um, but yeah, it's very, I mean, we do work with the local authority, uh, Maidstone Borough Council actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's very tough, you know, so we have to, we can't look too far ahead. So we have to sort of walk, you know, rather than run really, <laughs> but it's a tough one. Yeah. Joe, it's, it's a, it's a conundrum, a tale as old as time in our industry, but that's a, that's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap our conversation up. I really appreciate your willingness to share and, and explore this because I think these types of conversations and even articulating them out loud really, really value and, and benefit other business owners to hear. For the time being, before we sign out, where can people learn a little bit more about Maidstone ABC? Is there a website? Is there, you mentioned social media links earlier, where can people go? Yeah, so uh, we've got a website, which is www.maidstoneabc.co.uk. Um, there is a little contact form on there. Um, we're also on Facebook and Instagram, uh, just under Maidstone Amateur Boxing Club. Um, so you can like the page, follow us there. Um, and also you'll be able to contact us through them, through them pages. Uh, we are on Twitter as well, same name, Maidstone ABC. Um, so if anybody's looking. Um, and yeah, I mean, keep an eye on the page for this weekend because we're at the... Uh, we're at the uh, Development Juniors, well, actually the Development Championships, England, bon England Boxing Development Championships up in uh, Banbury near Oxford this weekend. So the semi-finals on the Saturday and the finals on the Sunday. Um, if you follow England Boxing at all, then there'll be a link there to, to watch the bouts live, which should be out on YouTube. Um, so you get to see all the clubs and all the boxers trying to do their best. Um, if we get through the Saturday, we'll, we'll be there on the Sunday. So uh, yeah, it's, it's a good week, week for us. <laughs> Big things to come. Exactly. Sure. So, Joe, like I said, I, I really appreciate your willingness to share here. It sounds like we, we certainly aren't done as a business and we have bigger ambitions in the future. So Absolutely. 
we wish you nothing but the best in those ventures and, and I appreciate your time today. Thank you very much, Joe. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk your business model and how it looks within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.